0: Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's
1: Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. Good morning. Good morning, Kara. How are you today? I'm okay. I feel like I've been on the road for the past two weeks, and I have been on the road for the past two weeks. So today is my first day in the office. I'm feeling exceptionally like my to-do list has gotten really long. But it's nice to see you. We were just
0: seeing each other a week ago. I know we got to spend some in-person time together at Art of the Cowgirl, which is always such a nice treat. And Kara and I got extra personal time because we got to share a room. So. And uh, all of us had to share a bathroom, which was also entertaining. But I think we did it beautifully. Four women, sharing a bathroom is not that hard. We conquered that.
1: Oh, we did a good job for sure.
0: And when you say share a room, you got the bed and I
1: slept on this weird mattress thing on the floor, like below you. It was very weird. It was... But not bad. I mean, we did well. We did
0: well. But I will tell everyone out there, I had this irrational fear because it's this trundle bed and trundle bed, however you say that. And I had this irrational fear before Kara arrived and I figured out that it like completely disconnected from the bed that I was in, that (laughs) she was going to be sleeping like right next to me, but on the floor. And I was... Very, very concerned about having to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and stepping on Kara. I mean, it seriously caused me a tremendous amount of distress, and you have no idea how relieved I was when I noticed that the bed could be completely disconnected and across the room. So, yeah, that took away away many of my nighttime bathroom trip fears, which probably would have cost me a lot of sleep in the end. We need to talk to Phyllis about these places
1: she finds for us to stay, don't we?
0: (laughs) A little bit, possibly. I seem to remember last year. I know this was by my choice, which I can hear her saying, you chose that room, but I slept in the office of the last one we stayed in. But I, I also did choose that room, so I didn't have to go up and down the stairs with my bad knee. So that was the only room, only bed on the first floor in that place. So always entertaining when you have (laughs) Airbnbs. But the truth is, is that in our getting to know each other through business, have become friends. And I think that topic is what we're talking about today. So how do you navigate these complex relationships in business? When you have business partners that become friends or clients that become friends or friends who want to become clients or family members who want to become clients, I know that for me, this was a very unexpected part of becoming a business owner. You don't really think about that. It's usually not something you write down in the business plan of, you know, how are you going to navigate all of these complicated relationship things you've got going on when it comes to your business? I had a mentor once that told me that I shouldn't make friends with my clients, but I am a giant extrovert and my other letters in my typology are N and F, which means I always want to be around people and I want to be friendly and I want to get to, I mean, I just, I have this interest in humanity and for me not to have some type of a friendly relationship with my clients is almost impossible. That said, however, it has come back to bite me in the ass on more than one occasion. So I want to share some wisdom with some people out there about how to start to think about navigating this, especially if you're new in business or like me who have been bitten by this before. What about you, Kara? Have you experienced this dilemma in your business and life? Well, I was, you know, I came from more of a corporate world and then later
1: the nonprofit world. And there were very strict thoughts around in that type of environment. If you're in a supervisor position, especially, you do not become friends with the people that you're supervising. You have to set severe boundaries with clients and with customers. And there was a lot of times where I would meet people and I would, you know, think, God, this would be someone I I could be friends with. You know, like, I really like this person, but I had to have professional boundaries in place because that was the expectation for the line of work that I was in. And what I have found, though, being an entrepreneur, being a, a small business owner, a solopreneur, where I work by myself a lot of times, is that that can be an exceptionally lonely world. So, in order to maintain that level, for me was impossible. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't have any relationships. I would have no friends. I would have no people to spend time with. So, what I have found is that the more important piece of that is, if you are going to be friends with clients, you need to choose wisely. And you also have to have boundaries. So if you're going to form some kind of relationship, whether it be partners, business partners, friendships with customers, friendships with colleagues, you have to choose wisely and you need to set boundaries regardless of the relationship.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think in the beginning for me, a lot of the difficulties I had navigating this were because I didn't set clear boundaries. Or I made it up Mm -hmm. as I went along. So that was a lot of a problem with me. And also, another thing that happens with me is that I have this very deep sense that I need to be fair in life. And so if I have one person who I really hit it off with and I become friends and we align in so many ways it becomes difficult for me not to offer that relationship to someone else who I may not be quite so much in alignment with. So it's been a little bit of a tricky situation for me over the last 30 years. And I will tell you, my business has cost me friendships. Years ago, I had a one of my best friends who I got along with really well up until She wanted to become part of my business and I hired her as an employee, and then she became a partner in the business. It ended up costing me that relationship because it just didn't work out. And I missed that relationship to this day. I miss that relationship, but it was damaged to the point in that process that it was unrecoverable for her. I don't think it is for me, but I think for her it was. So So much that you can lose out of this proposition of being a business owner and navigating these complications. And again, it's not something anybody teaches you in a business class. It's not something you learn in business school. So it's something you've got to think about. So, our big three for today is just basically to look at these relationships and give you some ideas about how you can begin to think about making this navigation through these complications and, and through these relationships in a way that everybody ends up on the positive side of the equation. So the first one is what will you do for friends and how will you navigate those existing relationships that you have when you started the business? And then how far do you wanna go with your business partners would be the big three number two because that's a different level of relationship than client. And then the final one is talking about how you're going to navigate this with your customers and clients out there. So, Kira, I know this for me, friends and family. I consider my family my friends many times, and some of them feel very entitled to ask me to perform my magic gifts for them without any type of payment. Have you ever been asked that by family members or friends? I have, but I think the bigger
1: problem here for me, and I'm guessing other people that are listening out there right now, is I will have friends ask me, will you shoot for me? Will you photograph my family? I know you do horses, but will you photograph my family? Or I have friends that Maybe they have digital files and they might say, can you print for me? And I think that the biggest thing that happens is they're not asking for a discount in that initial question. But as their friend or their family member, there's just this in my body, this automatic feeling that I should do it for free or I should do it at cost or that I should offer the discount due to our relationship. So that's where I have ended up getting myself into trouble.
0: Me too. Me too. And, and a lot of that perception may come from my end of things, too, when I feel like that. But I have also had family members flat out say, we're family and I'm glad to have a photographer in the family or a business consultant in the family. Because I'll be able to access that person. And if it wasn't stated outright, it was decidedly implied in the conversation that they expected those things for no cost or a very deep discount. So it's tricky. It is tricky.
1: And we it's tricky enough that we have a whole podcast episode dedicated to it. I mean, episode yeah. 23, when you're asked to work for free, we dedicated an entire episode to it. So. We won't go into like deep detail about when you're asked to work for free, because you can go listen to that episode and get a bunch of tips on how to respond and ways that you can navigate that and also things to consider. That is something that comes up all the time.
0: It is. And then then I think that the thing that you have to really think about in your business and, and away from any specific situation so it's hard when the specific situation is in front of you because then your feelings and your obligations to the person that are asking this of you, they start to play a role into how you're gonna make it up for that specific situation. And then what happens is now that's become the measurement by which you're gonna do other parts of this. Like you're, that's, yes. that's how you're gonna judge in the future what you should respond like. So rather than doing that, What I want to do is I want to challenge you to stop as you're listening to this episode or when you're done listening to it and really think about what is your policy here? How are you going to handle this? And for me, again, fairness is really important. I want to be fair to everyone across the board. So, yes, there's some of my family, and I'll admit it, that I love more than others and that I probably would gladly do the work for free, but the policy I'm gonna set up is gonna be set up so I can feel good about it, even if it's a family member that is not in that really close relationship or a friend that isn't in that close relationship. I want my policy to be fair to everyone. And so think about it. How do you want to respond to this? What is it? It's up to you. If this is something that you wanna have, a set up friends and family discount that you give to people, then set that discount up in advance. If you want to have something that where you say no discounts for friends and family, then set that up in advance and behoove yourself a little bit by putting it in writing somewhere, even if it's not something anyone else is necessarily going to see right away. At least you've written it down and you know that's what your policy is.
1: And I would just add on the flip side of that, too, a lot of times when I have chosen to work for free for whatever reason, I treat it like work that I'm not getting paid for. Meaning that what has happened is that the level of service is down. My turnaround time, it's put on the back burner. It's the last thing I do because I've got paid clients that I'm working on. The level of service that I provide may be, you know, lessened because I've got other paying clients that I have to provide my high level of service to. So what tends to happen then is unintentionally the people that are supposed to be bringing you your next best customer, people that are supposed to be putting out the word of mouth for you don't really have an accurate ability to talk about the service that you provide to potential new clients. So you get yourself in this kind of bad place where the people that are supposed to be your fans and that love your work and that you provided this different service that's outside of what you normally do. They can't go out and talk about you accurately to the world
0: about what you do. Does that make sense, Kim? It does. And I'll tell you what, I think that's a great point, but I know for me what shows up is that when I don't get paid for something, I get resentful, especially if I'm super busy and that person Mm -hmm. is like pesky. I will tell you the most demanding clients I've ever had have been friends and family. To be honest with you they're they're very demanding because yeah. they know me and they don't have a often have a respectful boundary cuz like I said I've not been always that good about setting those boundaries but what happens in that process is I get super resentful and it's not fun you don't get my best work when I'm being resentful of what I'm doing you get what is slapped together so the service level is not there the expertise is is Yeah, I want to bring my A-game, but when I start getting pissed off about it, it starts getting harder and harder for me to bring that A-game to the table. So yeah, it's just so treacherous. This whole thing is just so treacherous. And that's why I think it's so important to set that policy up with yourself in a way that you can live with. I don't think that there's anything wrong with doing things at a discount or for free for family members, but definitely have everything decided up in advance, and then figure out your payoff in another way. Maybe you can get the payoff as the, if that family member has something, you're willing to trade for it, you know? So or our friend has something that they can trade you back. Just make sure you're square with it in your head, mind, body, and soul.
1: And take the next step and actually prepare what you're going to say when you get asked. It's not, not Don't just put the policy in place or make a plan. You need to actually strongly think about the words that you're going to use when you talk to them. Otherwise, it's going to feel super awkward. The more prepared and practiced that you can be in responding to requests for free work from people that you know, like and love, the easier it's going to be for you and the more it'll become kind of common nature, especially when you start getting good responses from them. You'll feel so much more confident in that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. So the next step up in all of this is is business partners, right? So how far into your life do you want to allow your business partners to be? Do you become friends or do you keep it strictly business? I think for me a lot of this has to do with the fact that I am so tied with my business. In other words, the business is who I am and I am who the business is and so the relationships that I form with my partners through this business, there really isn't a ton of separation between the two. That said, I do wanna be involved in the personal life of my business partners because they're important to me. So it's another place that is a tricky thing to do. The business partners I have now are all business partners. I met through the business and I did fall into, like I said, that Mm -hmm. trap of having a friend become a business partner, which definitely did not work out for me. What's your experience with business partners and friendships, Kara?
1: Well, I tend to want to form collaborations with people that I've spent more time getting to know. And because that allows me the opportunity to know that they're going to make good business partners or not, that's been my experience. If they're professional in their business and I can see that because I've spent time either using the service or working with them in other ways, then I need to know that. If there are people that I've gotten to know and they have a maybe a commitment issue or an inability to show up when they say they're going to show up, I need to know all of these things. And so I do tend to want to get to know people a little more closely before I perform any kind of business relationship. With that being said, I think can be a great thing. I mean, we have made some amazing connections through this work. I mean, we have the podcast and we wouldn't have those if, if we weren't friends first.
0: Exactly. All
1: sorts of different small projects and different joint ventures. I mean, I just do have a tendency to need to know people a little bit more because like you said, you are your business. We're so strongly tied to it. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm having to lose a friendship or I'm having to harm my business in any way by disconnecting. I mean, even that you have to have a plan for.
0: Yeah, you have to roll the
1: dice. I would say on the flip side of that, a good friend does not always make a good business partner.
0: (laughs) No, definitely not. I will say that I think one of the things that's been very beneficial in our partnership and in our collaboration is that we did take the time to say we are going to get to know each other on a professional level and have respect for that, we mm-hmm. did the typology sorter that I do through Kersey Bates, so that yep. we could really understand that. And and I have to give kudos to Kara because she really embraced that and took the time to really learn about what her preferences were and my preferences were and how we work together. And then we strategized on the places where we are opposite. And there are a few that we had to come together to make a compromise. And we did that very nicely. So I feel like that part of when you decide to make that step into business partnership with another individual Taking some time to do some of that prep work ahead of time is crucial in that whether that business partner is a friend before or whether they are a stranger, it's just really important to start to learn how that person's preferences work around how they show up in their business and how they show up in their life. And I think it's very crucial because we all, our businesses are so important. They're our livelihood. They're the thing that supports us. And it's so crucial to take that seriously. And you don't want to ever be in a position where you have to choose between business and somebody you care about. That's just not a position that you should be put in. And I agree too, that pre-planning of what's going to happen when this relationship ends if it ends at some point in the future or when it ends at some point in the future, this is how that parting is gonna take place. Again, it's thinking these things through in advance and being able to understand how you can be comfortable navigating that with somebody. And, and in the case of a business partner, having that agreed upon in advance so everybody knows and is comfortable with the how things are going to work out in the future.
1: Yeah, ask those hard questions early, too. Like, don't wait until you're already involved in a project to start setting guidelines and boundaries around how you're going to manage things. I mean, I've got a project that I'm working on with another photographer right now, And right at the beginning, before we decided to work together, we had to have some tough conversations about things like, you know, how are we going to handle our other projects if we want to access this project through those projects? Like, how is that going to work for us? And we had to have some real honest conversations, which were not easy to have. But if we didn't have those conversations and get all uncomfortable up first, that to me is like a dead end road. Like you're going to head down that road. You're going to lose a friendship. You're going to lose a business opportunity, potentially. You're going to potentially even ruin your name and your good name as a business. You know, you can run into problems there. So like Kim said, you know, I was willing to do the typology work in the beginning. And that was something that I really wasn't, I wasn't a huge believer in necessarily, but I was willing to do it because I knew that it was important to her. And I, I can honestly say now that if we wouldn't have taken the time to get to know each other Better before really diving headfirst into this situation, we probably wouldn't be here today, recording episode no. one hundred and two.
0: No, I firmly believe that I am a very free flow kind of person, and Kara is a very organized kind of person. And those two individual types, if they don't come into a situation understanding each other's strengths and recognizing them as such, they don't make it. Yeah, because there's a ton of frustration that happens. So taking that time to get to know each other in that way. And if you don't have the resource in your back pocket to do it, like I happen to have that as part of my training as a gestaltist, so it was in my pocket to be able to do it. If you don't have access to that in your world, find someone who has it in their pocket, in their toolkit, and then bring your business partner along and work on it together with another person leading you. I cannot stress that enough. So the last little group we wanna talk about here is when you cross this line between friends and customers or customers and friends. So there's sometimes that you meet a client or a customer that comes into your life and you're like, darn, I like this human or in my case, what I'm finding a lot and have found throughout my career is I network a lot. That's a lot how I bring customers and clients into my business. But the process of networking itself turns out to be friend making for me as well. And so then I get myself in these complicated relationships where I network with somebody and then they want to become a client. And so now we're back to the first thing we talked about, about friends and clients, and it just becomes difficult. But sometimes you have a customer where they become a customer first, and then you're like, this is a human that I would like to go to the movies with or that I would like, to, you know, have a afternoon teas with. And then what I find as a consultant in particular that seems to be tricky with that is a lot of these people are in a position where they could benefit from my consulting knowledge, but that's how I feed my family. So now I'm in this tricky situation where, you know, we've set a precedence that they're going to pay me, But here I am at lunch with them and they have a business problem that I know how to solve. How do I flip the switch? You know, when does the time clock punch and when is it on and off? So again, that's a complicated thing. It is complicated, especially when we're so tied to our businesses.
1: Like a lot of us went into an animal-based business because we love the animals that we're working with, right? And so for me, I'm I'm a horse owner. I love to trail ride. But I'm also an equine photographer. So a lot of my friends that I ride with are have been clients of mine. So it is a crossover. And I see that, like you're talking about it in consulting. I talk about it when I show up somewhere with my camera and my friends <laughs> might be like, Oh, can yeah. you grab a picture of me? Can you go? I mean, that happens. It happens across all of our businesses. These kind of little opportunities pop up. So I think we have to come back to thinking about it like, Absolutely. There are so many opportunities when our social and professional lives are going to intersect. It's going to happen. So, you know, reminding ourselves that just because our clients become friends or our customers become our friends, it once again does not imply that we're going to be providing free or discounted services. And we have to remind ourselves that. These are the people that are out there spreading the word of mouth about what we do, how we do it, and why they need to work with us. And they can't do that if they don't understand how our business works because they didn't get that experience because we did something different with them because they're our friends and family. So you have to figure out for yourself how that's going to work for you and how that's going to look and what risks you're willing to take there. And just like Kim said, you know, talking about the consulting side of things and how easy it is to be sitting at lunch and they ask you a question that you really should be on the clock for, having some one-liners or some ways that you answer and respond to that can be really, really helpful, not just in terms of your business and your bottom line, because you're feeding your family, but also it can be really helpful for your friendship. So being able to say, oh, man, we are crossing over into another area. I want to be able to give you my full attention with that. So let's wait until we're in the office tomorrow and we'll get an appointment set up for you. You know, something like that, being able to set up those responses in advance is going to save you a lot of heartache and agony and awkwardness when you're in these situations.
0: Absolutely. My response to that now is you should book 30 minutes on my calendar and we could get a lot done with that. Or something like that. And now to book an appointment on my calendar, you have to pay me. So I've set it up. I try to set up, and this is probably some of my best advice on this particular topic for people like me who happen to do things where they all of the sudden feel like they could give something away for free. What I do is I try to set up things in advance so that I do that less and less. And I am one of those people who will give you everything for free. If I am in the mood and and you're in front of me, I have to set my own boundaries with that because I'm that type of an individual. I don't want to hold back. I like to live my life full forward. So and that sometimes can be problematic. So what I did was I set up my scheduling tool So that people can purchase consulting sessions and mentoring sessions with me and they pay before they make the appointment. So when I say that you should grab 30 minutes on my calendar, when the person gets there, there is a fee. And then at that point, they can choose to decide whether or not they want to buy that and get that 30 focused minutes Mm -hmm. or whether they want to just not go forward with that. Or to turn around and negotiate in a different way to say, do you have a friends and family discount? And then at that point, you have the weird, Oxford conversation, unless you have your policy put together from the step one of this process is how are you going to handle that? And I think Kira makes an incredibly valid point in the fact that we don't want to do a lesser job for any of our clients. And if you don't feel you're being valued by somebody that is a friend or a family member, or that is a client that has moved into being a friend, then you're not bringing your A-game to that situation and it's just a bad situation all of the way around. So nobody is gonna benefit from that and set it up in advance so you avoid that situation as much as possible.
1: And it can't be said enough, do a whole episode on this, but it can't be said enough that it's okay if your family and friends are not your client as well, meaning that they yep. don't wanna pay for your service or they don't, that's okay. It's okay if they're not your client you know, let them go on. It I had is. to real early in the photography, my photography business, I had to get over the fact that my friends and family weren't necessarily coming to me to pay for photography. So it's it's okay. Just be okay
0: if they, if you're not there, if they're not the right client for you. That's absolutely right. And sometimes that's just a good thing for everybody when they recognize it right off the bat. So Yeah, it is a tricky situation. You know, all of this is tricky. And the best way to get around it is to think through how you're going to handle it in advance and look at the pitfalls and walk down the hard paths as well as the easy, the ones where things don't work out.
1: I just think that if this is a topic that you have found interesting or that you need more information on, definitely check out episode 23 when you're asked to work for free. We gave some really great tips on there, some good one-liners, some great example responses that you can use. It's a really good episode. It's definitely one of my favorites because it's something that comes up in every entrepreneur's life, and it is so important. So yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please let us know. Don't forget to rate and review. That's really important to us as a small podcast. And we just really appreciate if you find us online at The Business Animal. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be
0: sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.